You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, as Dominic stated, we are launching today into a new series on the Holy Spirit. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the person and the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer. Here's the good news for us today. We have a coach, a comforter, a helper, a helper, and one to empower us as we live out a vibrant faith. In other words, we're not on our own trying to follow Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us, to teach us, to encourage us, to empower us as we're representing Jesus here on this earth. Now, after 30 years of experience in ministry, I've seen firsthand that many Christians hold a distorted, um, possibly an inaccurate or even an incomplete view of the third person of the Trinity. And because there's an inaccurate understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, oftentimes individuals are not open to. They're not open to or responsive to who is the Holy Spirit and what, what's his role, what's his work in our lives for us as, as believers today. Therefore, they, they don't fully take advantage of what I would say is available to us as followers of, of Jesus Christ. It, it would be kind of like, if I can give you a word picture this morning, it would, it would be kind of like having a car that has power under the hood, but you never take advantage of the power that's fully available to you. You never take advantage of, of the ability of the car. Let's say, for example, that you bought a brand new 2021 Stingray Corvette. If you did, I would love to take it for a test drive with you. What's it? Uh, yeah, here's the picture. What's amazing about uh, this new design and this new automobile that's been created, and I'm not showing you this to create envy this morning or to, you know, hopefully no one's going to go to the car lot today uh, and check out these cars. But I wanted to use this as a point of illustration. This car has a 6.2 liter eight, uh, a V8 that has 495 horsepower. It can go from zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds. And he had a top speed of 194 miles per hour. How many of you know that's a lot of car and a lot of power? But let's say for sake of example that you bought a car, a 2021 Corvette, and you would just putter around in the neighborhood, never getting out of first gear and only going, say, 20 to 30 miles an hour. Now, that would be a shame, wouldn't it? Like when you have that much power under the hood. But let's say you never got it out of first gear and you just puttered around the neighborhood, puttered around the community, 20 to 30 miles an hour, you would never be taking full advantage of the power under the hood. Are you tracking with me? In other words, there's more car to experience that you're not experiencing. Matter of fact, if you buy the car, you bring it by, I'll help you experience what the car can do. But there's more power under the hood. But you have to be willing to take advantage of the power that's under the hood. You can't be just like satisfied driving in first gear. <coughs> Excuse me. Oftentimes, I believe that's how we respond to the Holy Spirit. I believe that we do not take full advantage of all that's available to us. And this is because we do not have like proper knowledge or understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and the role that he desires to play in our lives or we're not open to. Now, one of the things I love about Grace Covenant is Grace Covenant has this varied background of, of um, denominational experience or church experience. I mean, we have, we have folks who have Catholic background, Presbyterian background, Methodist background. Um, few have Pentecostal background. But we have this, this mix of people. And again, oftentimes there's, there's a lack of understanding 
There's a lack of knowledge. In other words, you don't have knowledge of the power that's under the hood, so you don't take advantage of the power. And so over the next few weeks, I hope to bring a greater understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and help you discover his role in your life. Now, for some of you, this is going to be like totally new information. I get that. For some, this is going to be a bit of a reminder of what's available to you. It's like maybe you've heard this before. Well, I want to refresh your thinking as to who the Holy Spirit is to help us in this process. There's a book that we want to make available if you would like to go deeper, read deeper, uh, a resource. This is a book called The God I Never Knew by Pastor Robert Morris. Through the years, I've read a lot of books on the Holy Spirit. I think this is one of the best books when we think about what's biblically accurate, what's easy to comprehend. I think this is one of the best books that's ever been written on who the Holy Spirit is and His work in our lives. So if you want to dig deeper, we have this book available. We're picking up, Grace Covenant is picking up half the cost, so it's only five bucks. You can pick it up at Connect Point today. If you don't have five bucks, just tell them, I'll bring the money next week. Or or you can tell them this, put it on Pastor Farrell's account. (laughs) I'll help you get the book if you want the book. Um, But again, I think it will help you in this discovery because we want to have a solid theology, a solid biblical understanding, again, of who is the third person of the Trinity? Who is the Holy Spirit and, and how does he work in our lives? What's the key roles that he wants to play? Look in there to your notes this morning. As you choose to accept Christ's provision of salvation and make him Lord of, of your life, you are given help. Turn to your neighbor this morning and tell him this. You have help. Way to tell him. You have help. This is what I'm confident of. We all need help. Can we agree on that this morning? I would say first and foremost, I need, I need help. Now, just the other day, um, we were doing this bathroom remodel in our home, and so we tore out this old shower, had to cut it in pieces, and got it outside the door into the front yard. But the pieces were so like bulky and heavy that I couldn't get the pieces into the trash. I couldn't get the trash into the trailer. I, what did I need? I needed, I needed help. I couldn't do it by myself. And so when my son came home, when Caleb came home from work, I said, hey, I need some help. And so with his help, we were able to get the trash in the trailer. Get this. He came alongside me to help me. Are you following me? Really simple. I couldn't do it myself. What did I need? I needed help. I needed someone to come alongside me to help me do what I couldn't do. And friends, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. In John chapter 14, verse 16, listen to what Jesus said. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. And Jesus here was speaking of the Holy Spirit. When he said, I'm going to give you a counselor, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. Now the word counselor here in the Greek, the Greek word is this, it's parakletos. Can we say it together? Parakletos. Now you know Greek. Parakletos. What does parakletos mean? It simply means this, one who comes alongside to help. Parakletos. It's two words put together. Paras come come alongside and kletos is to help. Parakletos. That's who the Holy Spirit is. So the key role of the Holy Spirit is to help you effectively live out the faith you proclaim. You know, it's interesting that just before going to the cross, Jesus told his disciples that his leaving would be for their good. Think about that. 
Jesus has been with them. He's getting ready to leave. And he says, hey guys, I'm leaving it, and this is for your good. Matter of fact, John 16, 7, Jesus said these words, but I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor, the helper will not come to you, but if I go away, I will send him to you. Now, what could be better than having Jesus physically present with you? And catch what Jesus is saying here. So he's saying to the disciples, this is going to be better for you. Because I'm, I'm not going to be physically present with you, but I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be in you, to be with you, to help you. So the good news today is what we have help. We have the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, who reside within us. You know, many people find the Holy Spirit mysterious, confounding, and even controversial. Like, why is the third person of the Trinity, the one Jesus said would be for the believer's ultimate source of truth, comfort, and power, the source of such confusion? I think there's three specific reasons that, that the topic of the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit has been so controversial. And if you read church history, it has been controversial. Why? I think there's three reasons. The first is this. It's the fear of the unfamiliar. Because we don't know, we're afraid of... Hey, here's a, a really simple example. Friday evening, we went to dinner with some friends, and I ordered a dish of... Uh, I ordered tuna. And along with the tuna, there was this pile of green stuff <laughs> that was placed on the plate with the tuna. And when it came out, I said, what is that? I, I don't know what that is. I wouldn't taste it. My friends tasted it. You know what they told me it was? They said, it's, sea, it's seaweed salad. I was unfamiliar with seaweed salad, and when I left the restaurant, it was still on the plate. <laughs> I was unfamiliar with it. They said, we don't eat seaweed salad in Arkansas. <laughs> I was unfamiliar with, therefore, I was not open to are you tracking with me? I think a second reason, there's the fear of the unfamiliar. I think a second is the fear of fanaticism. Listen, it is, it's a fact. Down through the years, there have been individuals or groups of individuals who have done weird things in the name of the Holy Spirit. Out of their weirdness, they blamed it on the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, in case you're not aware of this, we are a Pentecostal church. We identify... Uh, with what happened in Acts chapter 2, and we believe it's still happening today in the church, in the life of the believer. I was just having a random conversation. This was some time ago, and I heard someone say, you know, at Grace Covenant, man, it's pretty wild there. The folks swing from chandeliers, and they handle snakes. And I was a bit shocked by the statement. First, I thought, we don't even have chandeliers. And the second is, like, if, if you know me, you know that if someone brings a snake in that door, I'm going to create another door probably right here. <laughs> um, uh, that's not for me. But, but there is the, the fear of fanaticism, because I don't think at times we've stewarded the work of the Holy Spirit well. I think the third is faulty theology. People do not have an accurate biblical understanding of the person and role of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, they come to wrong conclusions. For example, today there's a doctrine called the doctrine of cessationism, which simply is this, that the work of the Holy Spirit ceased with the apostolic fathers. In other words, what happened in the book of Acts is not still happening today. It ceased. What I find interesting is that the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, 
two whole chapters, chapter 14 and, and excuse me, chapter 12 and chapter 14, address how the Holy Spirit works in the life of the believer in the church. Why would, be, why would Paul be talking about it then if it ceased with what happened in Acts chapter 2? That doctrine doesn't make sense to me, but I think oftentimes individuals have what I would say faulty theology. So one of our goals over the next few weeks is to help you build a right theology, to come to a right understanding of the role and the work of the Holy Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? Three statements here. They're right in your notes. First is this. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity and is fully God. Third person in the Trinity and is fully God. It's interesting. There's verses throughout the Bible that point to the Trinity, showing the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all in the same verse. And they reveal the Trinity working together. You can jot these verses down. You can check it out later. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. So here we have the Son being Jesus, asking the Father to give the Holy Spirit. Several verses later, we have a similar description in John chapter 14, verse 26, where Jesus said, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything that I've said. So, we, so here we have the Holy Spirit being sent by the Father in the name of the Son. And then in Luke chapter 3, just one more reference. When Jesus was baptized by John in the river Jordan, listen to how the scripture reads. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. So in a single moment, the Holy Spirit comes down upon the Son while the Father delivers an audible message of the endorsement of praise. So, so we see the witness of Scripture in the, in the witness of Scripture that the Holy Spirit is a full member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit's not a force. The Holy Spirit's not a thing. The Holy Spirit's not an it. The Holy Spirit is God in one of His three forms. The Holy Spirit is, is fully God. The second statement there, the Holy Spirit is not an it, but a person. A person with whom we can have a personal relationship. It's important that we understand that. Just as you can have a, a living, life-giving relationship with Jesus, so you can have the same with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's a person. You know, most of us learn, if you were listening in your English class in school, most of us learned early on that the pronoun it refers to something that isn't a person. Right? Like, I don't refer to my recliner at home as a person. It, it, I sit in the chair. It's, it's an it. The tree's an it. It's not a person. So we use the word, the, the pronoun it, to refer to things that are, are not, not a person. So we wouldn't refer to the Holy Spirit in that way. If you view, if you view, if you, excuse me, if you view the Holy Spirit as an it, then the tendency is, is that you'll not, not develop the relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we can only experience the amazing benefits and joys that come with friendship with the Holy Spirit when we fully understand that He's a person, a person of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, the Holy Spirit is the one who is present in believers to help us do this, to help us effectively live out our faith life, to help us effectively walk out the very faith that we hold, what we believe. You know, it's interesting that following Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, but prior to his ascension to the Father, he, he gave the disciples this direction. It's found in Acts chapter 1, 
verse 4 and 5. Listen to how the scripture reads. It says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Notice this directive. Jesus said to the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father's promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That word baptized there, the Greek word is baptizo, and it means to immerse in. Jesus said you're going to be immersed in, in a few days you're going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. See, what, what Jesus knew is that the disciples didn't have what they needed to carry out the assignment that was before them. Really simple. They didn't have what it took. What did they need? They needed help. And I would submit to you this morning, folks, and I would say it first to myself, is I don't have what it takes. Right? I don't have what it takes to stand on this platform this morning and do what I'm doing in and of myself. Listen, you don't want Pharaoh's wisdom. Right? Go ahead and say, the boy needs help this morning. It's true. I understand that. And I understand that for you as well. We're in the same predicament the disciples were in. To live out this faith. To love as Jesus loved. To serve as Jesus served. To live gracious, graciously and, and generously. What we need, we need help. So the Holy Spirit is the one who's present to help us effectively live out our faith. And he does that in two specific ways. The first is this. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell the believer so that the person of Jesus can be seen in us. Listen, when you said yes to God's saving grace and you surrendered your life to Christ, there was a miracle. There was an instantaneous miracle that happened in your life. And it was this. The Holy Spirit came to dwell in you. As a believer, you are the residing place of the Holy Spirit. For, let's say, for example, if you were to take a glass and you were to pour water in the glass, we could accurately say the water is what? Dwelling in the glass. Are you with me? Where's the water? It's in the glass, right? In the same way, the Holy Spirit dwells within our lives. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote to the, the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Paul says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Listen, in the prior covenant, speaking of the, the old covenant, the prior covenant, the dwelling place of God was the temple in Jerusalem. Matter of fact, the scripture, and you can check this out, when Solomon constructed the first temple, the scripture says that the glory of the Lord filled the temple, the presence of the Spirit filled the temple to such of a degree that the priests could not even stand in the temple. Like it was more than they could take. What the Spirit of God in the temple, prior covenant. Today, through the provision of Jesus Christ, it's no longer the temple. Well, there's not a temple now in Jerusalem, but it's no longer a physical place that is the dwelling place of God, you are the dwelling place of God. You are the temple, you are the place where the Spirit of God resides. So when you receive Christ as your Savior, again, there's a miracle that happened and that the Holy Spirit came to reside in your life. He resides in you so that the person of Jesus can be revealed in and through your life. And that happens in... in Two specific ways. The first is this. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us and through us, helping us become more like Jesus. 
Matter of fact, listen to what Jesus said, John 14, 26. He says, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything I've said. So the Holy Spirit, what, teaches us and guides us and refines in our lives. He indwells us and he helps, he helps in our ongoing process of spiritual formation and the process of becoming like Jesus. Again, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the Holy Spirit also helps us produce the fruit of the Spirit bringing honor to the Father. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes of uh, the works of the flesh, the works of the human nature, and uh, the fruit of the Spirit. And they're in contrast to each other. And Paul talks about how the Holy Spirit within us produces these nine fruits of the Spirit. Here it is, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. But the Holy Spirit helps us bear, those, bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Listen, just as an apple tree naturally bears apples, and a peach tree naturally bears Peaches. It's not like it's not like you look at an apple tree and the apple tree's out there with all of its effort trying to produce apples. No, it naturally produces apples because that's what an apple tree does. It produces the fruit of an apple. In the same way, the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us to help us live out the fruit of the Spirit. These nine characteristics that should be happening in and through our lives. So when you accepted Jesus as your Savior, at that point, friends, you were indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity came into your life to help you walk out the very faith you profess. It's the Holy Spirit in us that helps us be more like Jesus. How many of you would say today, you need help being more like Jesus? Uh, Every day, in my marriage, in my home life. When I'm driving down Interstate 77, when I come to this church to do my work with the staff that I'm privileged to serve with, I need more of Jesus in me. That's what I know. I need less of me and more of Jesus. And the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives indwelling us is to help what this, in this transformation, this spiritual formation process. But it, but it doesn't stop there. The Holy Spirit also comes to overflow our lives so that the power of Jesus can happen through us. The power of Jesus happening through us. As I referenced earlier, following Jesus' resurrection and prior to his ascension, he told his disciples to stay in Jerusalem. He said, he said don't leave Jerusalem until you receive what the Father has promised. He was speaking of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. To empower the early disciples for effective ministry. Matter of fact, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said these words to the disciples. He says, But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Notice, he says, You're going to receive power. The Greek word there is dunamis, it's the same word that we get our English word dynamite from. Jesus says there's a dynamic energizing. There's, a, there's an empowering that is coming that you need so you can effectively be my witness to the ends of the earth. Well, what Jesus spoke of in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. 
as the disciples were overflowed with the Holy Spirit, their lives were radically transformed. I mean, read the rest, of the, the rest of the book of Acts is the story of what happened flowing out of Acts chapter 2, flowing out of the day of Pentecost. Specifically, the disciples, as you read the stories, the disciples' lives were, were changed in two ways. There was a, a radical boldness that came, and the second, there was a supernatural ability. Several other things happened, but this morning I'm going to focus on that, those two. A radical boldness and a supernatural ability. I mean, their lives, again, were, were trans, they were transformed. Again, you see it in the book of Acts. So let me just recount for you a couple of stories if you're not familiar with the stories. Acts chapter 2, following the event of the day of Pentecost, Peter stands up, boldly preaches his first sermon, 3,000 people get saved. Amazing. Talking about massive evangelism and explosion of, growth, explosion of growth. Acts chapter 3, you have Peter and John on their way to the temple for prayer, and they're encountered by a man who's been crippled since birth. He's placed in, where he's placed because he's begging for money. Peter says to him, silver and gold we don't have, but in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And instantly the man who had never walked before, uh, his legs were restored. He jumped to his feet. But it was... It was by the power of the Holy Spirit resident in both Peter and John. If you jump to Acts chapter 4, you'll find these very disciples who, who prior to the day of Pentecost were hiding in fear. They're boldly confronting the religious leaders of the day. They, they basically say, this is my summary, they basically say, you can do whatever you want, but we're, we're not going to stop telling people about Jesus. Boldness, radical boldness. If you jump on to, to Acts chapter 8, you, you have Philip going down to Samaria, boldly proclaiming the gospel message. And the scripture says there were many miracles that happened. Supernatural things happened. Crowds were drawn. People were radically saved. Those are just a few of the stories. But the Holy Spirit comes to overflow our lives so the power of Jesus can happen through us. And friends, what I would submit to you today is what happened in the book of Acts. Read the book. It ends with chapter 28. I believe we're living Acts 29. In other words, I believe that what the Holy Spirit was doing then, he's still doing today. In the lives of believers, in the church today. He has Christ followers. We can live naturally supernatural. Why? Because of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I think it's interesting that in the broader context of Jesus speaking to the disciples about the Holy Spirit, and that's basically John 14 and John 16. John chapter 15, we have uh, Jesus talking about the vine and the branches. But John 14 and John 16, Jesus is getting ready to leave. This is around um, the uh, celebration of the Passover. And Jesus is telling the disciples about what's to come. So John 14, John 16, Jesus talks a lot about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things he says in John chapter 14, verse 12, is this. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing, and he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. If Jesus was going to the Father, what he knew is that the Holy Spirit would be given. The same spirit that empowered and enabled Jesus to operate in the supernatural is available for us today. Friends, that's why we can live naturally supernatural. Not in a weird way, 
We don't have to be weird about this. I just call it living naturally, supernatural. Why? Because the Holy Spirit resides within us. The third person in the Trinity is where? He's in you. You're the temple. You're that place that the Holy Spirit resides today. We're going to talk about this more in the coming weeks. But what I would want to leave you with this morning is the encouragement that you have help. You have help. You're not on your own. You have help. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you have the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells us again so the person of Jesus can be seen in us. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to do what Jesus did, living naturally, supernatural. So I would encourage you. I would encourage you today, friends, simply be open and responsive to the more. To the more that God by His Spirit wants to work in your life and through your life. If you read Acts, the book of Acts, you'll discover that there was more that God had for the early church leaders. More He had for the disciples. And they experienced it. Again, read the book. And I believe in the same way. Listen, friends, please hear me. Don't, don't put God in a box. That's our tendency. Is we create our theological boxes and we try to take a God who has no limits and put him in the confines of our limits. The more that happened through the disciples' lives was, was directly connected to the work of the Holy Spirit. And the third person of the Trinity... It's what Jesus said the Father was going to send. As it happened, Acts chapter 2, it was this radical transformation. It was Dr. Jack Haver. I love this quote. I'll leave you with this this morning. Imagine your heart filled with God's love, your mind filled with God's truth, your soul filled with God's life, and your body overflowing with God's goodness. That's the promise of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It opens us the invitation to be filled with God. Amen. Would you pray with me, Lord? I thank you today that you didn't leave us all on our own to try to figure this out or walk this out. But what I know from what I understand of the disciples and what I even clearly more know about my own life and what I think I know about the folks here is God... We, we need help. But what I know is what I have is not enough for the challenge ahead, for the assignment you called me to. And Lord, I, I believe that would be true for everyone here this morning. So God, I thank you that, that you have given us help. Holy Spirit, we thank you that, that you come to indwell us, to bring about refining work in our lives to help us be like Jesus and that you empower us to live out, to be your witnesses in our workplace, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, to boldly walk out your love, to boldly live in your power and to live that out. For that we're grateful. We're grateful Lord Jesus, that you gave your life to make it possible, that you gave your life to make a way that we might not only have life, that we might have help. May we simply be open and responsive. With every head bowed and eye closed, possibly you're here today, and you've never, you've never received 
the wonder of God's gift, the gift of salvation. It's the moment that you embrace that of God's grace for your life and you embrace His Lordship for your life. It's that moment that not only are you saved, it's not only that moment that you have abundant life and the promise of eternal life, it's at that moment as I've tried to define that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, comes to indwell you to bring help. Maybe you're here today and and you've never... You never come to that place of saying, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Fill me. Help me. If that's you, whether you're watching online this morning, or whether you're here here physically, I, I just want to give you that opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Open your life to Him. It's as simple as this. Lord, forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. That's the beginning of you walking out relationship with Christ. That's the, in, that's the moment of the miraculous of the Holy Spirit coming to indwell you. Is there anyone today who would just say, Pharaoh, that's me. I, I, I want to make that decision. I want to pray that prayer today. I want to open my life to the wonder of God's salvation. Is there anyone just by raising your hand in the balcony on the main floor? Well, Lord, we thank you today for, again, just your presence in our lives. And Lord, this, this truth that we don't have to process life alone. Wow. Just, just knowing that, God, gives me hope and it gives me confidence that I have help, that we have help. Lord, I pray for everyone here today that we would live in and live out that of your provision We would live out, Lord, that of the power that you have available for us every day. Lord, as we witness for you in our world. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.